calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to another edition of CFA Institute's Take 15 series. My name is Dave Larrabee, and I'm joined by Attilio Meucci. Attilio is a CFA charter holder and chief risk officer at Kepos Capital. He's also the author of a highly regarded book, Risk and Asset Allocation, as well as numerous other publications in practitioner and academic journals. Attilio, thanks for joining us. Hi, David. If you would, take a moment to uh, describe to us your approach to risk and portfolio management. My approach to risk and portfolio management. I would say the main characteristic of my approach is that it's um, uh, very non-sectorial. So I'll try to explain. Um, there's a lot, a lot of experts out there, uh, people that are experts on portfolio management, people that are experts on risk management. There's people that are experts in one asset class, people that are experts on one investment horizon, so algorithmic trading, high frequency, longer, more macroeconomic investing. So all, all of these sectors, my approach is an approach that is very general, very modular in general. It covers all asset classes, all horizons, and both the risk management and the portfolio management side in a very cogent uh, uh, fashion, I would mm -hmm. say. What are the basic modular steps of risk and portfolio management? Um, uh, there's um, a difference between the, the, the basic steps, which are modular and um, uh, sequential, and then the advanced steps. So let, let's first see the, uh, the basic step. The basic steps uh, flow as follows. There's step number one is the quest for invariance. What is the quest for invariance? It's the uh, problem across all asset classes to try to find those patterns that behave in an identical way through time in the past in such a way that you can learn from the past into the future. I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, you know, in the very basic world of stocks, what is the uh, um, invariant? The invariant is pretty much the return. The return is more or less IID, so-called, identically and independently distributed across time. In the world of options, what are the invariants? Well, in the world of options, you cannot look at prices, you cannot look at returns, you have to use a pricing model, you have to go back to the implied volatility concept, and you have to look at the changes in the implied volatility surface over a given uh, uh, horizon. So these changes are the invariance. And you know, and then of course there's refinement of this concept, all sorts of complex uh, uh, processes in discrete time, in continuous time. Uh, we can revisit that in a second if you want. But this is the step number one, is finding those patterns that repeat themselves across time. Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, once we've found those patterns, we have to estimate a distribution. The distribution of these uh, invariants just remind you, stocks, for instance, have uh, returns as invariants. The distribution of these uh, invariants is not uh, normal, and we all have learned the hard way that it's not normal. So you have to have all sorts of advanced methodologies to estimate this distribution. 
So uh, you have like non-parametric methods, you have kernel smoothing, that kind of literature. You have parametric method, maximum likelihood, multivariate maximum likelihood under elliptical assumptions, under non-elliptical assumptions, and you know all the algorithms that also allow you to do this estimation uh, processing practice. Then you have robust estimation. Then you have the whole area of Bayesian estimation, and, and so on and so forth. So there's like a whole plethora of weapons for estimation theory in a multidimensional environment. That was number two. So we had uh, quest for invariance and we had estimation. Now we have finally estimated the distribution of our risk drivers of our invariance at a given time step, say daily, but our investment horizon is, say, weekly. We have to project that distribution to the investment horizon. So how do we project the daily distribution to a weekly horizon? How do we project an intraday kind of uh, uh, high frequency distribution to a longer or inject it to a shorter horizon? All these questions, how do you address them? Weaponry, also in this space, you know, under simple random walk assumption, you have um, techniques such as fast Fourier transform, but otherwise you have to resort to other moment matching projection. You have to resort to simulation sometimes, and you know all these uh, all these techniques. So that was number three, I guess, projection. Uh, once you're done with the quest for invariance the estimation, the projection, now you finally have to transfer that randomness, which is still in invariant space, into the PNL from today to the horizon of your securities in your market. So in case of stocks, you pretty much want to find a distribution of the stock that you have in your book from today to the horizon. In the case of option, you want to find a distribution of the potential PL of an option that is a very nonlinear instrument from today to the investment horizon. And this kind of mapping from risk driver space invariance projected to uh, the security space, the return, that's, uh, that operation has to be carried out also in a variety of ways. There's like very seldom analytical solutions, more often than not, uh, approximations. So in that case, like on a trading desk, typically you do approximations. That's the Taylor expansion, math uh, 101, that in different environments is translated into different names. So like in the, uh, what is it, options desk, you have the uh, delta, gamma, uh, vega kind of approximation. Uh, fixed income board, you have duration, convexity, uh, carry kind of approximation. All of these are Taylor expansion of a pricing function. Um, or else you can do full repricing through scenarios. So that opens up a, a whole new uh, direction. That is, you know, you have the um, uh, historical scenarios, that's my favorite one, or otherwise you have to do Monte Carlo simulations and price those. So that's the pricing step. So to uh, recall, we have um, quest for invariance, we have estimation, we have projection, we have pricing. Now we have the joint distribution finally of all the securities PL at the investment horizon. We have to put them together into the distribution of the portfolio. That's called the aggregation step. And the aggregation, again, you have to do it in a uh, most likely scenario by scenario approach or, or analytical if you can. There's all sorts of techniques. Also here you start developing the concept of um, um, return because so far we haven't spoken about return. Return is a very dangerous element. Typically people think about using returns for estimation. Never do that. Do the estimation on the invariance and then do the um, uh, uh, returns at the aggregation step or pricing. So you have the joint distribution of your securities, you have the distribution of your portfolio. Now you can move on to step number six, which is analysis. Analysis is risk management. So we see it's a process. We start getting into risk management. You have the distribution of your portfolio and you want to see you know, how your portfolio 
the, the, the prospective distribution, how your portfolio will behave. So you extract statistics, you extract the simple one, the expectations, standard deviations, skewness, cortosis, sortinos, information ratio, all of these. But then you go also a little more fancy because you want to see how you're exposed to um, uh, different uh, random factors, how your portfolio is exposed. So you do on-the-fly factor modeling, that's factors on demand. Or um, you can do also analysis of, of uh, the concentration level of your portfolio. You can do measure of diversification. So you look at the eigenfunctions and so on. So uh, this is like the step of analysis, risk management. And now that you know how to look at a portfolio that's analysis, that's risk management, you move to the last step, which is optimized based on uh, the criteria that you developed at a risk management level. So you optimize your position. Now you have a decision variable, which is the allocation vector. And you change the allocation vector in such a way that you achieve whatever index of satisfaction you have set forth for yourself. Index of satisfaction can be very general. It can be, in the simplest case, it's a simple trade-off between expectation and variance. But in general, you have crazy utility functions. You have uh, um, you know, quantized value trace, all sorts of measures. So, and you want to keep track of all of these potential measures. So to, to repeat the steps were uh, the quest for invariance, the uh, estimation, you have the projection, you have the um, um, pricing, then you aggregate, and now you're ready to be a risk manager, you do analysis, and now you become ready to be a portfolio manager, you do optimization. And these cover the basic step. And you have to solo follow them in sequence. Across elastic classes, you never miss, and across all horizons. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the challenges that investors face beyond those basic steps? You mentioned. Yeah, so first of all, the challenges are in the basic steps themselves. You'll be surprised how much um, complex math there is behind and, and you know, behind a, a deep understanding of all these steps, these basic steps. But nonetheless, you know, the big picture is very clear. It's a very, uh, very uh, clean approach. But then you get to the end of it, you think, oh, now I've learned all about being a risk and portfolio manager. But you realize, oh, well, no. Let's go back to the drawing board because we had to restart from scratch. Why? Because there's, I would say, four basic advanced challenges in this world by set board. Number one is the estimation risk. So everything that we do, everything on the buy side is unfortunately burdened by estimation risk. It's the 95% of the problem. So once you realize that, you realize that estimation was the second step. And you know you did a classical estimation. From there on, you assume that you knew the distribution. In reality, you don't know the distribution of the market. So you have to develop techniques to handle estimation risk within this process. And you know you get into the area of uh, Bayesian uh, estimation. You get into the area of robust optimization when you pretty much second guess your your your, your estimation and you think that the estimation is actually a whole family of potential distributions. This, like I would say, estimation risk is really the number one challenge. Another big challenge is the fact that in the pricing step, we assume that there is such a thing as a price, but in reality, there is no such a thing as a price. The price is not a deterministic function of the risk drivers. There's a, all sorts of prices, and the user, the practitioner, influences the prices. So we get into the second issue, which is liquidity. Liquidity is number, number two <laughs> uh, concurring problem. So uh, market impact and these kind of uh, uh, issues. So this is the second one. And then uh, there is a little bit the juice of the industry, which is um, um, the <laughs> portfolio construction in some sense. Let's call it portfolio construction. I'll explain a little bit better. There's this, uh, um, um, uh, this, this problem that 
this problem, this uh, feature, <laughs> that fortunately, although making uh, an exact guess on the true estimation of the market is impossible, but then practitioners, experienced practitioners, have all sorts of ways to come up with signals that provide extra information on the distribution and allows to improve the, the, the trade-off between risk and return. So how do you process the signal that come from a variety of fundamental analysis, technical analysis, inside reading papers, and so on. How do you process that into your optimization, uh, um, uh, into your, your optimal portfolio, and your risk management approach? That's uh, what I call portfolio construction. And this is split into two parts. There's the strategic part, which is uh, the um, balancing between risk and cash in some sense, risk overall and cash, and that's done typically with techniques such as dynamic programming that, you know, it's very far from having been solved because it's a, it's a very complex problem. And, uh, and then there's the, uh, the, uh, the gist, that is the tactical location for a given uh, level of risk in some sense, the tactical location. How do you um, allocate uh, on one asset class versus another one based on the signal that you received? And, you know, and there's different ways. You can take a hammer and say, oh, I ha I'm bullish on IBM. Let's load on IBM. But if you do that, you obviously reach very suboptimal results. So what are the techniques to process signal tactically into your tactical allocation? And that's the whole literature. And you know, there's the classical approach, a lot, some sense Greenwald and Kahn. Then you go over to the black Lederman approach, and then you have the new generation of beyond black Lederman fully flexible views, all sorts of signal processing techniques. So these, to me, are the, the four Three, I would say, advanced modules is like uh, uh, estimation risk, it's liquidity risk, and then portfolio construction. Mm -hmm. and, and where is the buy side investment community focusing their research efforts these days when it comes to risk and portfolio management? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the buy side, buy side community. So first of all, there's like academics, practitioners, and there's all sorts of people pulling in all sorts of directions, but. Um, I would say there is a, um, a tendency, what I experience, and uh, I'm glad to experience, I see a tendency to um, going back to basics and redesigning the axioms and, and trying to really look back and not take anything for granted and redefine what it is that, you know, for instance, is risk. So you have all this research into uh, such things as diversification. What is diversification? You want to find out what it is. So a lot of people are trying to, to, to look into that. Um, there is uh, research in, uh, in fixing bugs in some sense. Uh, there is research in um, even standard things that are taken very much for granted, like linear factor models. In reality, they're fraught with uh, a lot of pitfalls. And uh, uh, linear factor models apply find applications in, in all sorts of different areas of, of bicep finance, you know, there's like estimation, optimization, attribution, uh, theory of asset pricing, and so on and so forth. And, you know, all these, uh, how you can actually um, use these linear factor models. First, understand exactly what is it that you need in each of these applications that is different from one application to the other, and then how you can, you know, leverage these, uh, these techniques tailored to the specific application that you need. And then, you know, you have the, this is a little bit of a biased uh, answer, but, you know, to me, the, the really hot topic, the really hot topic is really portfolio construction. I'm particularly excited about that, and I think that finding a way to blend, extract signals in a very statistically sound way and uh, uh, process that information cogently within the allocation process, 
you know, that's, that to me is the, is the future. Don't get me wrong, there's still estimation risk, liquidity, these are still the problem, but the problems are there. We cannot fix the problem. Given that the problems are there, how can we do better? I think this is the promised land, but you know. Uh, Attilio, uh, thanks for sharing your insights with us today, and thank you for watching. That concludes uh, another edition of CFA Institute's Take 15 series. You can access our full catalog of webcasts at cfawebcast.org. Copyright 2011, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.